Green means go. All right, we won't be long because I know we're in competition with food. And uh, if you're a good Baptist, food always wins, right? But I want you to turn your Bibles, if you would, to Mark chapter number 16, and we'll just use this verse as a springboard into uh, <clears throat> some thoughts. I pray that be a help to you and just an encouragement um, <clears throat> regarding the area of soul winning. We're going to talk on this subject, uh, fit for the task. <clears throat> I know if you're like me, at times you feel like you don't have it. You don't have all what you need for the task that's at hand. And, and, and I pray that as we look at some, uh, some tools to help us to be more fit uh, for the task that God's called us uh, to in reaching people at the gospel of Christ. You know, the Bible says in Mark 16 and verse number 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Isn't it amazing how sometimes we can go out and we could almost kind of pick the ones we want to talk to, and then we could decide, uh, in our, we wouldn't say this audibly, but in our own heart we can say, you know what, that one's not interested. Just by what they look like on the outside. And, and I'm thankful that the Bible tells us here to, to preach the gospel to every creature, every single person. Now, how can we do that? Okay, so let me, let me share with you some thoughts I pray that would be helpful to you. This is very practical, but number one is this. Prayer is essential for soul winning. Prayer is essential for soul winning. Now, you think about that, and I think we all would say, yes, amen, and, you know, praise the Lord. But what should we pray for as soul winners? Of course, that people should be saved. That's quite obvious. Lord, help, you know, as I go out this morning or this evening. Lord, use me to to see someone saved. But more specifically, I want to share with you three areas that we ought to pray for. Number one, we need to pray for God's leading. God's leading. Now, we try to systematically go throughout our community in Lancaster uh, with the gospel of Christ. Now, what I mean by that is we have maps, and we map out our entire valley. We have approximately 86,000 doors that we can knock on. And so as a church, on a yearly basis, we knock on approximately over a half a million doors. And so some of those doors are getting knocked on more than once. Okay, Typically, they're getting knocked on five or six times um, at least what we're recording as, as our people go out soul winning. And I'm not just talking about being, okay, Lord, I'm going to this area, so, you know, direct me. Uh, more than that, okay? And I, I love what Acts chapter number 8 and verse 29 says. When Philip was preaching there and, and uh, the revival was taking place in Samaria, um, just think about that. I mean, there was a city revival taking place right there, and Philip was in the middle of it. And God was using him. But in the midst of that, God's Holy Spirit prompted him and directed him to leave that. Now, I don't know about you, but that would be pretty hard for me to leave. You know, really, now think about that. Think about your, here you are in New Jersey, you're preaching, and, and this city, okay, is coming to the Lord. 
and, and you sense that the Holy Spirit is pricking your heart to leave that, to go maybe to a little township where there might be just a handful of people. I mean, you'd wrestle with that. But you want something? Philip, he didn't. Philip responded immediately. The Bible even says that he ran. And the Bible says in, in Acts 8.29, he said, And the Spirit of God said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself, here it is, to this chariot. The Spirit of God directed Philip to the very chariot where the eunuch was at, where he was reading, searching and trying to understand the Scriptures. As, as I ponder that, I recognize that God's Holy Spirit is, is working in people's lives. And if I would just make myself available to Him, Say, Lord, here am I. Just, you know, direct me and lead me. Help me to be sensitive. Yes, you know, I have this map and, you know, I'm supposed to go to this neighborhood. But direct me. Help me to be sensitive to your leading. It's like, you know, maybe after lunch, after the final session, let me encourage you. Um, the final session, I, I believe, will have a lot of nuts and bolts that will be a help and encouragement to you. So if at all possible, if you can stay for the last session. Uh, I think I think it'll be a good takeaway for you, uh, and it's just some things that I've learned. Uh, but you know, as, as we leave, we 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 may stop at Starbucks and and get some coffee, you know, for our ride home. But even as you're standing there in line, do you realize that there may be somebody right there that God would want you to talk to? I, I recall this 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 story when I was out sewing with uh, Brother Tim Christensen. Uh, I think it was when he first came on staff, so we were out, it was during October, and, and we were just doing a lot of doors. We are getting ready for our open house, and uh, we probably knocked probably each about 175 doors that morning and up into the afternoon, and we kind of put off lunch a little bit. And I'll be honest with you, it was dead. It was dead. I, I didn't have any responses. Uh, all I had was dogs barking at me. Uh, I didn't have anybody that, you know, said, what must I do to be saved when I knocked on the door? Nothing. Um, and so I called him up, and I said, hey, how, how are you doing? He says, terrible. And I said, I said, hey, let's go get some lunch. And so we went. We went to a Subway sandwich place, and, and we walk in there. And we're standing in line. Uh, there was one other person in the, in the store. He was ordering. And the Holy Spirit impressed upon me to talk to him. And, and my response, I wish I could say my first response was obedience. But it wasn't. Uh, I began, Lord. He's not interested. He's on his lunch hour, and he's going to get his food, and he's going to leave. And, Lord, I was just out there. There's no one in this whole community that wants to hear what we have to say anyway. And so I was having a little pity party. So I kind of folded my arms. I said, no, I'm not doing it. And then Lord just wouldn't let me go. He says, talk to him. Give him a brochure. And, and, and we didn't have, for our open house, we didn't have brochures this size. We had little bigger pamphlets, and uh, they didn't fit in your shirt pocket. And I said, Lord... He must not be one of the chosen ones because I don't have a, you know, flyer with me. And, and Lord, just impressed by my heart again, you've, you've got you've to talk to him. So I leaned over to Brother Chris and I said, hey, why don't you go get me a track? And he said, okay. So he ran out to the car, got a track. And, and I kind of had just, I had an attitude. I'll be honest with you. I had an attitude. I said, hey, how you doing? I said, my name is Jerry. And let me give you a brochure from Lancaster Baptist Church. And love to invite you to our open house. And, you know, kind of nonchalant, you know, not a lot of passion, no heart, just kind of like, here it is if you want it. 
If you don't want it, you know, I didn't think you would, just give it back to me. Type of thing. You know what his response was? Hey, thanks. We just moved into this community. And we don't have a church to go to. We would love to come. I said, what? We would love to come. I said, no, you're kidding, right? He said, no, no, we would love to come. Well, that family came. Brought his wife and his teenage daughter. The next Tuesday afternoon, went to his house. I was able to leave the mom and the husband to the Lord. My daughter led the teenage daughter to the Lord. The next week, they got baptized. Anyone else? Here, here it is. The Lord put them in our way. And, and I was wrestling with the Holy Spirit saying, no, 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 no. But he was saying, yes, yes, yes. So what can we pray for? We need to pray for God's leading in our life. Lord, help me to be obedient. Help me to be responsive to your leadings in our life, to witness that still small voice within us. How many times have you heard that whisper? Talk to that person. Your first response might be right here, right now. That person. And the Holy Spirit says to you, yes. We need to pray for God's leading. Number two, we need to pray for God's power. We need to pray for God's power. You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, it's amazing. We, you know, most likely a lot of you have cell phones. Right? And probably one of the first things you do, maybe before you go to bed or maybe when you wake up, is you check your phone and you see how much power you have. Because it's pretty frustrating when you get out midway through your day and you realize your phone is empty. You don't have your power cord to, you know, jack it up to get some power in there. It's frustrating, isn't it? Because we think we're so important we might miss that phone call. Or we're not going to be able to get that task or text or maybe not check our Facebook or whatever. We, we make sure that we have enough power in our phones, don't we? Come on. And we even have a little gauge, it's called a battery, that tells us how much power we have. 98%, 53%, 28%, 10% when it's 10%. My phone, was, when it's 20%, it starts giving me reminders. I need power, I need power. Now let me ask you a question. If you had a gauge that's hooked up to you, spiritually, what would it read? And so many times we venture out into ministry, into witnessing, sharing the gospel, teaching a class, discipleship, and we endeavor to do it in our own strength. Jesus told his disciples, said, listen, I want you to tarry. I don't know about you, but it's hard to tarry, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I, I, I like activity. I like to be doing something. But he told the disciples, tarry until the promise of God's, God's Spirit comes and dwells you and enables you to do the work that I've called you to do. 
And so many times we rush out and we try to do the work in our own strength. And that's why we get disappointed. And that's why we get arguments when we're knocking on doors. And that's why we ruffle, ruffle so many feathers. And that's why we get discouraged and we quit. And we think it doesn't work. People are too hard. These aren't in the last days. No, because we're trying to do it in our own strength. So we need to pray for, for his leading, and we need to pray for God's power. And I believe once we do that, then we will have God's boldness. God's boldness. I love what Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. I believe that boldness is not being argumentative. I don't believe that that means being harsh or mean. I don't believe that that means you're debating. But I believe that that boldness is when you would normally not witness, when you would normally be quiet, silent, that you would engage. Because you've been praying and asking God to lead you to empower you to be a witness for Him. And as you do that, if you pray, say, Lord, use me today. Lord, help me be a witness for you today. Guess what? When you're in those situations where His still small voice whispers in your heart and says, hey, talk to that person, you're going to respond in boldness. You're going to say, hey, how you doing? Beautiful day out, isn't it? Hey, let me give you some good news. Prayer. Let me ask you. Do you pray before you go? Do you pray throughout the week, Lord, use me? Help me to be a tool in your hand to share the gospel of Christ. So prayer is an essential. Number two is this, is perception. Perception helps us to evaluate our soul-winning visits. One of the tendencies I believe that a lot of us may fall into is we become robotic in our witness. We begin treating every call, every visit, every person the same way. Now, I know that we're going to most likely maybe share the Romans road. I think it's very precise. I think it's very easy and very logical for someone to follow those steps down the Romans road. But can I say this? Make sure you're not being robotic. Make sure that you're having heart. Make sure that they may even see a tear in your eye. May they sense, as the pastor said earlier, that you're not making a sales pitch, but you're communicating the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. That was vitally important. But perception, it helps us to evaluate our soul-winning visits. Now let's consider some ideas that I believe will help us in the area of, this, of, of sharpening our skills. Number one is this. Not everyone is ready to be saved today. You know, Jesus even said, He went unto His own and His own received them not. So I, I need to understand in my mind that, that maybe this visit, this, this person I'm talking to, maybe I'm just cultivating Maybe right now I'm planting that seed. Maybe right now I'm watering that seed. But also maybe right now I'm going to see a harvest. 
How many of you ever led somebody to Christ and as you walked out of the house, you thought this, said, boy, that was easy. Or they were ready. You know why? There might have been a mom that's been praying for that son to get saved. There was a mom that's been cultivating and watering and planting and, 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 and seeking God to intervene and to work in her son's life. And God just happens to use us. But we need to realize that not everyone is ready to be saved today. Number two is this. Remember, it is not our responsibility to see people saved. Now, it is our responsibility to go. It is our responsibility to to share the gospel. But can I say this? We are not the ones that save the people. The Holy Spirit of God does that. The Holy Spirit of God regenerates. The Holy Spirit of God reproves or convicts and reveals the need in that person's heart. It was a good day in my life that as a young person I realized that it wasn't my presentation of the gospel. But it was the Holy Spirit of God that was doing the work in and through me. I recall I was training this one, this man, a very successful businessman in our church in the area of soul winning. And boy, Dave and I went out for several months. And I said, okay, Dave, next week it's going to be your time. You're going to share the gospel. And I said, I'll set the table up and, and I'll ask the question. But after I ask the question, then I'm going to turn it over to you. And, and you're, going to, you're going to share the gospel. He said, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. He said, but I'm scared. But I said, you, you'll do fine. You'll do fine. Well, we get in this house and... We were having a conversation with this young couple, and, man, I set the table and asked the question. They said, yes, we'd like to know. And I said, well, well, Dave's going to tell you how you can know for sure. Well, Dave got his New Testament out, and Dave, he started going through scriptures. And I'll be honest with you, he got it all messed up. As he was witnessing, I began to question my own salvation. <laughs> I began, you know, am I saved? And, uh, and he got down to the end, Romans 10, 13, and he got that right. For whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. He got that right. And he asked him, now, would you like to be saved? And I'm thinking, they're going to say no. They're going to say, we don't understand. Because uh, I'm thinking, no way. That couple started to cry. That couple looked at him and said, yes, we need that. And I looked at him, what do you need? <laughs> well, you want to know what was at work? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was at work in that couple's life. And so remember, it's not... It's not our responsibility to see someone saved. It's our responsibility to go and tell and share the gospel. And when we do that, listen, we will see people saved. God uses us. God wants to use you and God wants to use me. And, and we're, his, we're His ambassador. We're his, his mouthpiece. And just like John the Baptist said, oh, I am a voice. And that's what we are. We're, we're His voice. We're, we're there to voice His message to a lost and dying world. And we need to remember, that's, our responsibility is to share the message of Christ. I, I know that's basic. Sometimes we, took, we, we bring too much pressure on ourselves. Why well, got to see someone saved. You know, you know what we got to do? We need to go tell somebody. That's what we need to do. We need to go tell somebody, and then God's Spirit will do much more and will do a better work than what we can do ourselves. And, and what a joy, what a relief it comes in our hearts when we come to the realization, hey, God's going to do something. And number three, though, 
There's a difference between persuading and pushing someone to accept Christ. Now, let me say this. I believe very strongly, strongly in pleading and persuading people to come to Christ. You know, the Bible even says in Acts chapter 26, verse 28, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou almost persuadest me to be a Christian. Wow. King Agrippa says, Paul, you, you, almost persu- you, you almost persuaded me. You know, I think about that. Well, I'm thinking, what, what else could Paul have done? So I, I, I believe in persuading. I believe in, 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 in encouraging and challenging people. But I, there's a fine line there, though, from persuading and pushing. You want to know something? That line always moves with different people. It's even like, like Edwin. I said, Edwin, remember, it's, it's obedience. You want to be obedient to the Lord. I was persuading. But he said, no, 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 no. Well, I don't want to push him. I want to, pers- I want to encourage. I want to persuade. Uh, I remember when I was a bus captain, I think I was probably 18 years old, and we started a brand-new bus route in, um, on the, in the, right outside of our city, Burbank, Illinois, in, in the Chicago. And I remember knocking on this door, and this mom came to the door, and she said, no, our kids, your, my kids can't ride your bus. And I said, I said, okay. I said, they would really enjoy it. And she said, no. So I went to the house again the next week. And, and she said, I told you they can't go. And I said, oh, please, Mom, let them come on the road just one week. And if they don't like it, I'll never bother you again. She said, no, they can't come. Well, God just gave me a burden for that family. So I went, I went the third week. As I knocked on the door, I saw Mom coming. I saw her through the window. So I got on my knees, just like this. Now, I'm, not asked, I'm not telling you this is what you need to do. But this is what I did at this moment. She, she opened up the door. She said, what are you doing? I said, Mom, please let your kids go on the bus. She said, I told you no. I said, please, please, pretty please. She said, get up, get up, get up. No, Mom, until you let your kids come on my bus. Plead with her. She, you could tell she was getting embarrassed. I said, please. She said, okay, 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 just get up, get up, get up. I said, you promise? She said, yes. Those kids came on their bus. They got saved. Mom came. She got saved. Now, listen, let me tell you, I don't do that at every house. (laughs) Okay? I don't do that at every house. It's just sometimes God just works in your heart and you you just respond. I believe in persuading. But I don't believe in pushing. We just need to allow the Holy Spirit to direct our lives in this area of witnessing. My wife and I, we followed up on this lady about a year ago. Her name was Mary. She came to our services, and we met her. I met her in the lobby, and I said, hey, Mary, look, my wife and I would like to come by and give you a visit on Thursday. And she said, sure, we'd love for, love for you to do that. And so my wife and I, we went Thursday, and, and I asked her, I said, Mary, tell me, how did you hear about the church? She says, well, you know, the college kids come to our house all the time. They come all the time. But she said, you know what? Last week, the college kid that came to our door was different. And I said, well, what do you mean he was different? He said, well, she, this is what she said. She said, well, for the last few years, you know, they would knock and say, hi, we're from Lancaster Baptist Church. We're from the college. Love to invite you to come visit. And I would say, no, thank you. But thank you for being kind. And they would leave. 
They said this last Saturday was different, though. Because when he knocked on the door, I opened up the door, and I said, oh, you're from the college, aren't you? And he said, yes, ma'am, I am. And she says, no, thank you. But he said, please. And what he did, he, he came towards me. And as I looked into his eyes, I saw eyes of, this are her words, I saw eyes of compassion. I could tell that this man was really concerned about me. And we talked, and, and he asked, and he encouraged. And I came. And I said, Mary, what do you think? What do you think of the service? She began to cry. She began to tell me her story, how her, her life is just messed up. In her own words, my life is messed up. And I said, listen, I know someone who can really change your mess. His name is Jesus. And about an hour later, Mary, right there in her living room, bowed her head and prayed and accepted Christ as her Savior. When she came to church the next week, she was looking for that college student. She got baptized, and and I tell you what, growing in the Lord. Persuading or pushing. Number three, persistence. We need to be persistent in our soul winning. Everyone, key statement, everyone won't get saved on the first visit. The Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I recall I was out sowing his during our missions conference, and I had a missionary with me, Brother Gonzalez from uh, El Salvador, and, and he was with me, and we kind of split up and came to this door. It was in the afternoon, late afternoon. It was about 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Knocked on the door, and as the gentleman opened up the door, I was able to look right into the house, and I saw the, the kitchen table. They were, you could tell they were having lunch or early dinner, one of the two. And, um, and so I was being sensitive to that. I said, hey, my name is Jerry from Lancaster Baptist Church. Love to invite you to come and visit with us. He said, oh, thank you so much. He said, but, but you know, we're having dinner. I'm home from work, and this is our lunch hour, and I need to eat and go back to work. I said, I totally understand. But he says, we're new in the community. We, we need a church. And I said, well, here, this is where we're at. And I gave him the address, told him how to get there. And uh, he said, we're going to come Sunday. And he started talking. So I thought, wow, he's giving me time now. So I said, well, Ernesto, his name was. I said, Ernesto, let me ask you a question. He said, no, 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 no. He said, listen, I really have to get back to lunch and need to get back to work. I said, I said, no problem. I said, Ernesto, I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. He said, well, we're going to be there. As I was walking away, he said, wait a second, I need to ask you a question, Pastor. And so I turned around and looked, and, he, and as I'm looking at him, no one's ever asked me this question before in my life. But he looked at me and he said, Will you remember me? Will you remember me? And I said, Ernesto, I won't forget you. I walked away. For the next year and a half, I must have went to his house no less 40 times. Never caught anybody home. Never caught him home or his wife. I caught the kids home. 
I, I would take different people there. Sometimes I, I'd take my family there, one of my kids, my wife, and we would drive to the house, and they said, Dad, you're not going to that house again, are we? I said, yeah, we are. So why? How many times have you been there? I said, kids, I told Ernesto that I wouldn't forget them. So we went and kept on going back, leaving notes, talking to the kids. I finally met his wife for the first time, probably after eight or nine months. Met her, talked to her. And she said, you know, my husband told me you came by. We've been getting your notes, and the kids have been telling us, and we want to come. And finally they came. I think it was an open house. As I was sitting on the platform, I was kind of just kind of looking over the crowd. Looked over to my right, and I saw Ernesto and his wife Maria. I saw the four kids. And I just began to weep. During the invitation time, I ran to him. I said, Ernesto, you need to be saved. You need to accept this gift that Pastor preached about. He says, I know I do. I said, let's do it right now. So we, I walked him down, handed him off to one of our altar workers, and they took the whole family out, and they all prayed and accepted Christ as their Savior. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. You know what question I get asked the most? How many visits do you make to someone's house before you give up on them? Is it three visits, four visits, five visits? When do you stop? Why are we so concerned about stopping? Why don't we just say, you know what, I'm going to keep going back. Now listen, there's times when people say, if you ever come back again, I'm going to kill you. Leave me alone. So you know what I do? I send someone else back. <laughs> but don't give up on people. Number two there. Our persistence proves our love and concern for them. Think about what Jesus said. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for us for friends. Number three. Continual follow-up would develop our dependency upon the Lord. And number four, passion. Passion is essential for every soul winner. Three quick thoughts regarding this. Number one, passion will keep you going. You want to say it's amazing. We'll have, we have passion on the basketball court. You know, I, I think the Final Four is going on sometime today or Monday. I'm not sure when it is, but it's this weekend, I believe. And you, you see a lot of passion there, aren't you? Uh, Syracuse is in it, isn't it? So you folks in the northeast here, you're cheering your, your orange men on. But there's going to be a lot of passion there. And rightly so. You know, it's fun. There's a lot of passion in baseball. There's a lot of passion in basketball. A lot of passion in hockey. All these different sports, a lot of passion. But let me, let me ask, though. Shouldn't we be passionate about serving the Lord? Shouldn't there be a, a, a fire in our heart? I mean, yeah, we ought to have fire on the basketball court. We ought to, you know, I'm going to do my best. We ought to have that. But why don't we have that serving the Lord? 
Why is it that we kind of just give the Lord just our leftovers? Well, Lord, here, I'll, give you, I'll give you an hour on Tuesday night or Thursday night or Saturday morning, whatever. But where's that, like, I've got to do this? And heaven and hell is at stake in this person's life. Either they're going to spend eternity in heaven or they're going to go to hell for all eternity. And Lord, you brought them across my path. Lord, help me to be passionate about reaching out to them. Passion will enable you to rise above the obstacles that will come before you. And you'll break through those obstacles. Number three, how can we develop our own passion? Let me give you five ways. Number one, by prayer. Just pray and asking God to deepen your passion for lost people. Number two, by preaching, as you listen to the preaching of God's Word, God will stir and ignite a passion in your heart to, to reach people with the gospel of Christ. See, by pondering the needs of others. You know, Jeremiah said this, Is it nothing to you, all ye that pass by? Pondering, just taking a moment and kind of drinking in all the needs of people that are around you. I remember as a teenager hearing Brother Boyd say this during one of the prayer meetings that I think it was at 6 o'clock in the morning. And he said this, let me challenge you men and young men that every person you see this week will one day spend eternity someplace. As you're driving down the road, just take a moment and just, that person's going to spend eternity someplace. That person's going to spend eternity someplace. So many times, that thought does not cross our mind. But Jesus said when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Because they were scattered abroad as sheep sheep having no shepherd. Let me ask you, when was the last time you were moved? You were moved by the needs of others. We need to ponder. We'll deepen our passion by the power of the Holy Spirit. And number five, by reading and meditating upon the Word of God. That will develop a greater understanding that God wants to use us to take His message to a lost and dying world. You know, you think about a fit for the task, wow, it's, it's overwhelming. Man, as, as I stood on, I'm not sure what corner it was yesterday, but I stood on a corner and I just... Looked at the sea of people. And they were all going every which way and doing their thing, buying and selling. And I just looked at the sea of people and I thought, some of them have no clue. They're wandering, they're lost, but they don't even know it. 
Others have rejected. Others have said no. Others are in that point of the value of decision. And I'm sure there was others that said yes. But you know what the Bible says? Broad is the way that leads to destruction. But narrow is the way that leads to life eternal. Can I encourage you to allow the people that come across your path today and tomorrow and throughout this next week to influence you, to thrust you into action, to share the gospel of Christ? You know how we could do that? Very simply, here it is. Have a track on you. It's simple, but you want to know something? As you pick those tracks up and put them in your pocket, it's a little reminder. And you want to know something? At the end of the day, how many, how many you begin to unload when you get home? You take your keys out, take your wallet out, and you just kind of dump, right? You want know when you reach into your pocket, and if you have, if I have two tracks at the end of the day, it's a reminder to me. I didn't talk to anybody. And every night, when I reach in my top pocket, I'll look and say, okay. Wow. These are the same two tracks I put in my pocket this morning. I didn't see anybody. I didn't have any opportunities to at least say, hey, let me give you some good news. So can I, if this is your church, when you leave, when we're done, stop at the track rack and put three or four tracks in your pocket. Make it your habit. When you get dressed in the morning, you put your tie on or you just put your, your, your work clothes on, Put a couple tracks in your top pocket. Just make it a habit. And every day when you start unloading and dumping, and as you reach in your pocket, wow, I only have one left. I passed out some tracks today. You know, all this is, listen, all this is, it's a seed. And the seed has to be planted if there's going to be growth. I don't know how many times I've met people at our church and say, hey, how'd you hear about the church? Oh, someone gave me a brochure. Did you meet them? No, it was left on my door. I, I just wanted to come. I read it. Just thought, man, we need a church. We all can do that. You want some? That's where it starts. Young people, I want to challenge you. Get some tracks. More mature people, Let's get some tracks. Let's put them in our top pocket. And let's say, Lord, use me. Let's pray together. Father, help us to be fit for the task. Lord, it's overwhelming when we see all the people, all the needs. But Lord, you want us to reach one person at a time. Lord, help us to find that one. And we ask this now in Christ's name.